Hello and welcome to Euphoria, the podcast all about the great glam and the garish from Eurovision past. I'm Roland Bodnam and as ever I'm joined by my wonderful co-host. Yes, we'll be making this podcast forever till the end of time from now on only you and I. <laughs> it's Isabel Chilman. Hey. Hello. Hi. How's it going? Yeah, I'm all right, mate. How are you? Oh, I'm tired. tired. <laughs> Yeah, it's the same as last episode. More more <sighs> tired. Um but you know what? It's this my favourite time of week every week. It's yeah, Euphoria it's, time. It's Patsy time. It's Patsy playing while we talk time. Uh yeah. that's exciting. Um I think uh should we just crack on yeah, with we've it? Because a lot of time this evening, we? We've wasted oh yeah, we have. We gotta say thanks to your friend. Oh my god, Marie, my neighbour. So Guys, this is why, even in London, you should know your neighbours. Know your neighbours. And even be tech-savvy millennials and have a neighbourly WhatsApp group because... We were short a microphone cable today because someone lost Roland's one somewhere. Someone put it elsewhere. Um... I'm not saying someone in a passive-aggressive way as if that was Roland no, or no, no. That against myself. No, it wasn't it was either neither of us. us. Neither of us. It That's... may have been the cat. <laughs> so we lost a microphone cable. We're thinking, shit, how would we do this with only one microphone cable? I just stuck it into the WhatsApp group. Yeah. Turns out two people on my street have microphone cables. Marie came up trumps. Thanks, Marie. Thanks, Marie. Amazing. Without her, this wouldn't be possible. Love it. Literally. Uh, okay, Isabel, let's yep. start the show how we start the show every week. Uh, with and I'm quite excited about this one. Ooh. Um, Ooh. I just have to. Would you like a bottle of Vecherniv Kijinev from Moldova? Look at that fucking bottle. Whoa! <laughs> I don't want to drink that. It's too special. So it's it comes <gasps> That's in like so weighty. <laughs> it comes in a Hessian sack. Can we keep that? I think yeah. We get, I can take the cork off. Uh, you have to take a picture of it, and it's got a wax seal on it. It's from Moldova. It's 13%. Red semi-sweet. Red semi-sweet. I have no idea what it's going to taste like. It's from a company called Monolith. Monolith wine. That's that's a Scandinavian rock band, that. Uh, (laughs) That is... It looks fucking. Very I want. Special. I want the Hessian sack. Yeah, you can. Keep, I'm going to put it on all bottles of wine from now on. The, you can keep the bottle. All right. Um, I'm just going to do this quickly. Okay, you ready? Yeah. Let's hope it makes a lovely noise. Oh, oh you popped off a bit of too. <laughs> that was a loose cork. I oh. know oh, it wasn't. It was all right. Sorry, that I was expecting it to be way harder than it was. Give it a glug then. Uh, instead. Let's see Come how on. this does. That nice was glug. That was Solid, glug. Glug. Solid glug. Happy with that. Made up for the cork. Yeah, I'd give that an eight. Oh, that is semi-sweet. <laughs> Moldova. Moldova. I love Moldova. I'm you, so excited about this. You cheeky place. Hang on, let me just put this down here. Mm. Cheers. Cheers. Mm. Blimey. Oh my God. That is, I think that's more than semi-sweet. That's port. <laughs> that is really something. I love port, oh, so well, I'm no, happy with that. Right, yeah. It's port that you can like... Uh, Nail. Like, yeah, glug down, like... <laughs> Moldova, you absolute beauty. <laughs> if we've got any the... fans in Moldova, yeah. give us a shout. I'm well excited about yeah. Moldovan wine now. Yeah. I want to know all about it. Okay, um, so let's move on. We're going to go straight into... Eurovision news. Uh, we have one bit of news. Well, two bits of news. Um, one uh, quite sad bit of news, actually. I don't know if you saw, um, but um, Salvador Sobral, winner of uh, Eurovision and our, one of our favourites, uh, has had to... His, his health basically hasn't 
improved really oh, from no. when he was uh, doing Eurovision. So he is going on a hiatus uh, from his performing. Oh. So apparently he performed a final um, sort of farewell concert in Portugal uh, this last week. Uh, he doesn't. He didn't say sort of how long the hiatus is for, but basically doctors have recommended he does it. Mm. It looked beautiful, his farewell concert, and it was very, you know, emotional and very moving. Uh, but he's he's taking time off now. Oh, well, bless you, Salvador. Yeah. Good, good, you know. It's the right thing to do, isn't it? Yeah, definitely. Good luck and look after yourself, mate. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, you know, it's a good time to do it. You just won Eurovision. Retire while you're on top. Mate, it's never <laughs> going to get better than this. <laughs> ever <laughs> ever 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 ask bucks fizz <laughs> yeah they well yeah it all sort of went well they, they did all right they did all right anyway uh the other news um that is fairly expected and and not that surprising is that the uk has officially announced that they are taking part in the eurovision song contest 2018 good theresa may hasn't quite got control full control yeah, of the bbc Teresa, yet. <laughs> you ain't got my soul in, when you ain't got my eurovision <laughs> Okay, that's the news we, we rushed through uh, <laughs> because we have some lovely emails. Oh. Some lovely, it's, it's actually a very strong triple bill of, of uh, uh, returning characters. Oh my God, is it uh, Strawberry Parfait? Uh, which one's Strawberry Parfait? I can't remember which one's Strawberry Parfait. Back in the day. I know, early, early listener. Yeah, quite no, but um, for the first time in a while, we have... An email from the good doctor down under. Reg. Reggie. Hi, Reggie. Hi, Reggie. Uh, so, Reggie. Reggie, so, I've got the cat sat on my lap as we speak. I uh, think you'd like that. Yeah, I think Reggie would. Uh, Reggie says the subject line, which I think you will appreciate. Sorry about Australia. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, I really like that you are apologetic for oh, your yeah. nation. It makes you very un Australian. Yeah. <laughs> Is that- can I say that? Yeah, I can say that. Yeah, definitely. Based on fact. Uh, <laughs> so Reggie says, Hi guys, catching up on the episodes after being on holiday. Sorry that Australia keep creeping back into Eurovision. <laughs> but if Eurovision Asia goes well, then maybe we'll butt out of the original and stick to Eurovision Asia. Um, uh, Reggie then says, I reckon a Eurovision America would be awesome. Not like a Eurovision USA, but a Eurovision America with yeah. countries from North and South America and the Caribbean. That'd be Ooh, great. That's the, maybe the only time when reggae would work in Eurovision. Yeah. Yeah. Leave it to the people who made it. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Uh, don't, don't have adopt some like, it, like <laughs> creepy little white guy yeah. from like, yeah, yeah. South, like yeah. the Midlands. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Odd. Yeah. No, that'd be good. That'd be the only time that it'll work. Um, Reggie says we might as well uh, also have uh, Eurovision Africa and somehow, genius, have all of these culminate in a Eurovision global contest. Yeah. Maybe something like the winners of Eurovision Europe, Asia, Africa and America for the past four years come together and compete like the Olympics. Or maybe it's like the top five from each. Each year. But if it's only ever four, if it's oh, only, only ever once four every four years, you get the top four from each or the four winners from each together. Yeah. That sounds genius. I'm into it. Yeah. Reggie, uh, do it. Reggie, do, well, make it happen. Let's, Come on, mate. Let's get Yon You're a doctor. On, you can get do Yon this. on the phone. You can do anything. <laughs> Reggie says, I can dream. I'm excited for Eurovision Asia, and I hope you guys are excited too. Keep up the awesome work. Reggie. Thanks, Hi, Reg. Reggie. Bye, Reggie. Thanks, Reggie. Uh, we have another email from a fairly recent favourite of ours, but very strong favourite, uh, Ryan from Hi, Ryan. the UK. Ryan says, hi, guy, me, hi guys, me again. I wanted to say, say thank you for the glowing review of my email. <laughs> it was a good email. It was top notch. Yeah. So glad you liked it. However, this follow-up is now my own personal difficult second album. So please oh, judge it of its own accord. 
Uh, uh, and not in comparison to my previous critically acclaimed pre- piece. Uh, <laughs> well, it's all right because Roland's absolutely butchering this anyway. It's yeah, too I've, tired I've to read. Up. Uh, God, <laughs> good luck. I'm, I'm doing a story this week. Okay. Uh, Ryan says, obviously, the Daz episode was phenomenal and it's probably my favourite ever. Thank it you. It was very strong. Thank you. Thank you. World Problems is a perfect Daz comeback single. <laughs> And cannot and I cannot wait for his inevitable interval act performance of the song when we win again. Twelve points. You know what would be great is if we did ever like host again. I reckon we get Bucks Fizz, Brotherhood of Man, uh, Katrina and the Waves, and Daz to do a medley. <laughs> oh. That would be great. Just throwing Daz in there with all of them. Yeah. He would demand it. He would demand it as a Eurovision icon. Yeah, damn right. Uh, it's fair enough. <laughs> In my in my last email, I said something so stupid, but I would like to profoundly apologise for. To Isabel, I apologise for my statement that Daz was my favourite. I took the easy way out. So unlike Franz mm-hmm. from Sweden last year, I am sorry, Patsy is queen. Yeah! <laughs> Patsy is goddamn queen. <laughs> she is, little, little duchess. <laughs> uh, not much more to say other than thanks again for entertaining me every week. That's quite all right. And for the lesson this past week to be more daz. <laughs> Keep up the good work, Ryan from Europe. Ah, oh, Ryan, you mega babe. Love it. Have you been being more daz this week? Uh, I've been tired. <laughs> you have to be tired. awake to be daz. I need to... I need yeah. to have a thing. I need to watch that documentary in full and then I'm going to take those lessons and be more Daz. Have you done something more Daz? Mm, no. Okay, maybe next week at the end we can come back and say... I think I'm... Maybe that's why I've, I've always had like a difficult relationship with Daz. I feel like I'm too Daz anyway. Yeah, you and him are, you and him are like soulmates. No, 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 <laughs> no, no, no. Retract that. That's not correct. Okay, you're not soulmates. But, Just saying... Uh, Maybe overly confident. Maybe a new with feature. Our abilities. Maybe a new feature can be like, "What have you done, Daz, this week?" What have you done today to, to make, make you be Daz? <laughs> That's the. That's the theme tune to that one. We got it. it right. Okay. I to sing that live every week. Oh, it's gonna get better and better every week. <laughs> uh, okay, and our last email was from Inez. Inez. Inez says, Hi again, Isabel and Roland. It's been a while since my last email and I still didn't give you the true meaning of the Portuguese expression, I'm done to the beef. Do you remember Inez yeah. emailed us with the catchphrase? We, we thought it was going to be sick to the back bloody yeah. teeth of Yeah, you. so uh, Inez says, you were both nowhere near. Oh. Uh, but they were pretty good guesses, I suppose. You guys proposed two meanings. It's great. It gives us all the context. Mm-hmm. Uh, being really fed up with something or someone, like mm-hmm. sick to the back teeth, or being exhausted. Mm-hmm. Actually, it means something like, I'm so fucked. So if you messed up something and there will be consequences, you could say, I'm done to the beef. Uh, Or if there's a huge problem coming up and you know it will be a mess. Uh, I don't really know where it comes from. It doesn't even make much sense grammar-wise in Portuguese, but it might come from being grilled like a beef. Or actually, fun fact, we call the British beefs, a bit like the French do, usually not in a good way, like you guys apparently call the French frogs. So maybe the expression... Don't do that anymore because it's naughty. (laughs) Uh, So maybe the expression comes from the general submission to the British Empire sentiment that there was in Portugal during the 19th century. Great. (laughs) I mean, we don't know these things, but it might be. But it just means like, oh, we're screwed, basically. Oh, we're, we're screwed. I'm done to the beef. Anyway, still love the podcast. I've been catching up on previous episodes and I'm still <laughs> laughing my head off with Let's Get Down to Business. I work in a corporate environment as well and I can't believe how on point it was. Love it. Inez. 
Oh, um, thanks, mate. I liked how you said that as well. When you, you read that out, you were like, still love the podcast. Still. But you, you're so tired, it made it sound like, really like still listening. Yeah, I'm still, st- I'm still into it. There. All right, guys. Bloody hell. Um, Innes then says something a bit technical uh, about have we considered adding the podcast to Stitcher? Uh, I, just, don't, I don't know what that is. It, it just means that you can access it on like something other than the iPhone. Um, Stitcher, you, you basically have to we have to pay to put it on and be part of their network and um we're not quite no. we did, we already we pay already to put this we podcast buy wine up. and stuff so yeah. um we're not quite at the Soz. stage yet. if you do have an android phone you can uh download the pocket casts app yeah it costs a little bit to like just download like a sort of normal app like i think it's only like a couple of like 50p or something like that um but then you can listen to us on that as well so if you've got an android um just do, do it through that there you go those are our emails. Thank you all so much. If you do want to get in touch with us, you can send us a lovely email uh, to the address that is EuphoriaPodcast at gmail.com. Or you can tweet us at EuphoriaCast. All right. Should we move on? Should we do the story? Do it. Let's go. Excellent. I'm very... I'm, I'm looking forward to this. So, we know, we all know that my favourite topic in this podcast is how politics plays into eurovision how politics influences eurovisions from general franco's potential rigging uh of the 69 contest Mm -hmm. to the soviet union's creation of its own counter contest in the Mm. intervision song contest we've had some fun political stories over the last few months what i want to look at this week uh, is when eurovision eventually influences politics or more importantly when former eurovision contestants decide to dip their toe into the political waters (gasps) Um, there's actually a few who have and what i'm gonna do is hopefully uh, i'm gonna line up i've got three in mind uh, and initially i was going to do all three in one episode uh, but actually there's so much to write about that we're gonna split them up so i've got i've got a line up um so yeah so we're going to cover it one each episode uh i'm going to try and go through this chronologically uh and i'm sure there's a few that i'll skip over but these are sort of the main three if there is one who i missed and give us an email and let me know Mm. uh so now i'd make i'd like to make it clear that these contestants are not failed musicians who have sort of been forced to have a change of career far far from it and to prove that point, we're going to start these stories off with one of the most successful songs in the history of the Eurovision Song Contest. In June 1957, songwriter Franco Miliacci, that's quite good actually, uh, <laughs> was waiting for his co-writer and song performer, Domenico Modugno, to arrive so that they could go sailing together off of the coast of Italy. Sounds As lovely. you do. It sounds lovely. That's why um, every week I'm just waiting for someone to turn up so I can sail close yeah, to Italy. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, whilst waiting, however, it gets better. Miliacci uh, began drinking wine and the combination of wine and the Italian sun caused him to fall asleep. It's my kind of man. Yeah, it sounds, sounds perfect to me. Um, um, it was then, it was here where he had vivid dreams about flying through the air. When he woke, he saw two paintings on the wall by artist Marc Chagall. One showed a yellow man suspended in the air, and the other was a self-portrait where half the painter's face was painted blue. So are we on an acid trip right now? <laughs> it really, I mean, it's, it's, I mean, it's just wine and the Italian sun, I think. I think we okay. should all go down 
wait to be picked up to go sailing and just get drunk and fall asleep in the sun. Uh, <laughs> um, so as a songwriter, he did what he does best and started immediately writing a song about a man who dreams of painting himself blue and being able to fly. Yeah, <laughs> it makes Good. a lot of sense, right? It does sound like it could be one of one of the like trippier Beatles songs, couldn't it? When they were just doing acid and writing yeah. what, what came out. Uh, Wait, what year was this again? 1957. Okay. So yeah, I mean, early for acid, but Vibes, you know. love it. Uh, <laughs> so um, yeah, I mean, that's that's what comes from drinking too much wine and falling asleep in the sun. Uh, it was that night that Migliacci and Domenico Madugno, uh discussed the dream and got to work uh, properly making the song. The song itself was called Nel Blu Dipinto di Blu, uh, which means <laughs> the blue that is painted blue. Lovely. Uh, very nice. Uh, not heard of that song? Well, it might be because the song is better known as Volare. Oh, yeah. Volare. Volare. There you go. Well, so, so that the only reference isn't Isabel's singing. Shall we have a quick listen to Volare? All references should just... <laughs> I'm just going to sing everything from now on. Okay. I've lost all rights to play any songs in Eurovision. It's Not just going to be my that. rendition. <laughs> okay. Let's, let's have a little listen to, uh, to uh, Domenico Modugno's version. venivo dal vento rapito E incominciavo a volare Nel cielo infinito Volare oh, oh, oh. Cantare oh, oh, oh. Ah, lovely little song there. Great tune. Very catchy, isn't I it? I bet loads of people don't know it's from Eurovision. No, I bet you don't. I knew. Yeah, I knew. I knew. But I bet loads of people don't. No, I was speaking to a couple of my Italian colleagues yesterday who know the song very well. Uh, it came on in the in the office uh, a while ago and both of them like, <laughs> immediately stood up like as the Italian national anthem <laughs> were like, uh, it was beautiful. Uh, so yeah, it was, it was very catchy and very, very successful. Uh, Domenico Modegno entered the song into the San Remo Song Contest in 1958. Uh, initially, the jury tasked with picking songs to participate in the contest very nearly rejected the song. But in the end, after some discussion, it was decided that this would be one of the 20 songs which would be performed at San Remo. So, on the night itself that year... Each song uh, was performed by two singers. They played the song twice, and each time it was performed by a different singer, I oh, guess. Fun. Just, yeah. Um, like at the end of The X Factor, yeah. where they all have to sing the same yeah. song. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you get to and really like fed up by the third yeah. one. And you, know that, and you know that the song's really been chosen for like the one that they really want to win. You know Alexandra Burke's going to win it. <laughs> um, yeah, so <laughs> shout out to Alexandra Burke. Uh, so, this, so this year, uh, Domenico Modugno was set to sing Volare. Uh, with uh, his singing partner, Johnny Dorelli. Uh, according to Madongo, it was Dorelli's first time at the San Remo Music Festival, and he was so nervous <laughs> that, I love this technique, he had to be punched by Madongo in order to be persuaded to perform on the stage. Oh, I don't know if that's... <laughs> I don't know that that's... I think there's more sensible options, guys. Yeah, yeah than persuading someone with a punch. 
Give me, yeah. <laughs> I'm not sure physical if I want to go on. You know what? Physical violence. You fucking will go on now. <laughs> Otherwise, I'll keep punching you. Uh, yeah. Well, you know. It's, <laughs> I'm going to keep punching you. <laughs> to, like you have. Downstairs. You can stay here, but you'll just get punched. You can die, <laughs> or you can go and sing. Okay. I guess I'll go. I guess I'll go sing. So the song was performed, comfortably making its way to the final on the first of February, where. It beat out all other entries and won first Woo-hoo! place. Uh, according to the reports, Johnny Dorelli delivered a very competent performance, but it was Domenico Madonio who really took the show by storm. Um, before this uh, performance uh, of uh, Madonio's, um, it was traditional for the singers in, San- in the San Remo contest to stand quite still with their arms up by their chest, uh, not moving very much and just purely delivering the song. However, as Domenico was singing uh, the first chorus, he opened the first chorus with the words velare, which means to fly. And as he did that, he threw his arms wide out into the, wear, <laughs> into the air as if he himself were about to take off. Uh, and this moment has actually been said in a couple of articles to have changed the course of Italian music, leading to a sort of much more expressive and emotional form of singing that we sort of know quite commonly oh, now. Oh, I love it. It's really beautiful, actually. If you, we didn't uh, watch it just then when we when we listened to it, but if you have a little watch, he I've, really I, does I, yeah, throw his it. arms out. Like, I, li- I love this. I love the song. He's a really he's an interesting guy as well. And so, um, as the winner of the San Remo Song Festival, the song was put forward to take part in the third ever, third ever Eurovision Song Contest. Just, just three so far. Uh, at this time, it was only 10 countries in the uh, song contest. The UK, who did enter the year previously, didn't take part uh, for only the second and last time uh, for them not to take part. Uh, and this was due to a failure to get an agreement from all the different artistic unions. Uh, so they oh. just couldn't get everyone on board in time. I mean, it's early days. It's, you know, it takes Bloody a red tape. <laughs> Bloody unions. Get rid of them. No, don't. <laughs> <laughs> <Sorry. Thatcher. laughs> uh, so on the night, uh, Valare was set to be performed first overall. It's a tough spot. For you should many. have to sing it the word every time you say it. Valare was set to be performed first. <laughs> yes. That's quite good. I'm going to do that now. Uh, it's a tough spot for many. However, due to a transmission fault, the song was not heard in all of the countries broadcasting the event. Cheats! Cheats. I mean, it doesn't matter too much because the juries are in the room, but, you know, we want to be able to hear it. Uh, so in order to make up for this, it was also performed for a second time at the end. Lovely stuff. Yeah, so not cheats. Uh, just, it was just before the voting was set to take place. So once the juries had, juries had had their discussions and the votes were cast, Domenico and his song Volare ended up coming third that night. I know, I know. However, who won? I didn't even write it down. Doesn't matter. I should have done. But it was, yeah, I mean, exactly. Well, that's the thing is, who want name the song that beat Volare? I bet probably, though, we we would know it. We would say, we'll find it. Yeah, we'll be the third one. I don't know. I'll Google. Have a Google. So, uh, no, I've looked it up. And first that year was France. Well done, France. Uh, It was a guy called Andre Claveau. Uh, with a song called Doors Mon Amour, no. which means Doors, my love. Oh. Doesn't. Oh. <laughs> That'd be a weird name for a song. <laughs> weird subject for a song, although I wouldn't put it past me doing it. Uh, okay, so... Um, so, yeah, it came third that night. So, not, you know, not the best. Third out of ten. Top, top third. Um, however, the true success of this song was not from Eurovision, but from the events that followed. 
The song became an instant success in Italy. It sold more than 20,000 copies in the first 12 days. However, more impressive following, following its success at home, the song was released in the United States and Europe. And in the US, the song debuted at number 54 on the very first Billboard Hot 100 chart. Ooh. After just one week, it rose from 54th to number two. <gasps> And in subsequent weeks, spent five non-consecutive weeks in the number one spot. Uh, Up until 1994, Domenico held the record for being the only non-American, Canadian or British person to sit atop the Billboard charts. Slamming me. Yeah. Do you know, uh, joining him in 1994 with this honour was the one and only Ace of Bass with the song The Sign, which sounds remarkably similar to All That She Wants. Oh, they're uh, basically the same song. Uh, yeah, you know the sign. Oh uh, yeah, well, yeah. All, I, well, it's got that sort of like all I can ever think of. It. Well, there's, I know the saxophone beat. noise. Yeah, yeah. But all I can ever think of is oh, that you must yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. But that's not the right one. So no, but it sounds similar. It sounds the same. So in 1994, the two only non-American, Canadian, or British people at the top of the Billboard one was Valari and, and something that sounds like oh, oh that, that she wants. wants is another baby great another baby that's not right yeah is that right okay yeah. does she want another baby yeah like a child yeah <laughs> it's an interesting topic for a song uh anyway <laughs> Valari Valari <laughs> made it it made it to the top 10 in the UK number two in Nor- and number two in Norway all in all to date the combined sales of all recorded versions of the song has exceeded 22 million. Woof! I know, woof, good. indeed. Uh, on the first ever Grammy Awards, the song was awarded the title of Record of the Year and Song of the Year. I don't know what What's the difference is. I don't know. But he, he won both of them. So I feel like, huh. I don't know. Like maybe one is like a printed vinyl record and one is just like song that maybe didn't go to print or something. What? Anyway, you won both. <laughs> he did well he did well and yeah, all, I, I like how these are all like the, it was the third Eurovision the first Billboard 100 the first Grammys it was like the oh, birth of music wasn't it the birth it. of modern, I guess it was like the birth of modern pop music because like the 50s mm. before then right on the cusp before uh, then all music was barely listenable it was, it was bloody just, shit <laughs> Uh, anyway, so in 2005, uh, there were celebrations for the 50th Eurovision Song Contest ever, and it led to a vote for the all-time favourite song from the show. Volari came. Is it getting tired? <laughs> no, keep going. Okay, Volari uh, came second, only behind Abba's Waterloo. Oh, uh, um, I mean, if you're going to lose to someone, yeah. It makes Leads sense. to the greatest song ever written. Uh, while accepting the prize, Benny Anderson uh, of ABBA uh, said, I myself voted for Volare, <laughs> but I am pleased that so many people voted for us. Amazing. Yep. The Aww, song Benny. has subsequently been covered by artists such as, get ready for this, Dean Martin, yeah. Louis Armstrong, yeah. David Bowie, yeah. Barry White, what? Cliff Richard, what? Frank Zappa, what? Pavarotti. You knew that one. Paul McCartney. And the offensive lounge singer act Tony Clifton, who was the character invented by uh, comedian uh, Andy Kaufman. He was like one of his like go-to. It was in Man on the Moon. It was one of his go-to songs for like being offensive and singing badly. Loved Andy Kaufman. Yeah. 
great. So uh, Dominic, so a lot of people there singing the song. Yeah, so that. I knew some of them. I knew I knew like Pavarotti, didn't it? Yeah. Dean Martin's one yeah. is super, super famous. Yeah. So I knew yeah, that, yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah, but I mean, a lot of them. Frank Zappa's one, I wonder what that'd Frank be like. Zappa. Yeah. Um, so Domenico himself entered San Remo uh, competition 11 times in total. Whoa. Won the competition four of those times. So pretty good batting good average. That's about, you know, about half, just under half. Yeah. Um, he entered the Eurovision Song Contest twice more, which is good. He never quite clinched the sweet taste of victory, though. However, his musical career was long and prosperous. He also, later in life, ventured into acting in movies as well. Good oh, for him. Lovely. So um, on June 12th, 1984 during the recording of an Italian show called La Luna nel Pozza uh, Domenico suffered from a stroke Um, after being taken to the hospital the doctor did not initially notice the severity of his condition and told him to take an aspirin and go home which mirrors almost exactly what happened to the Bucks Fizz. I feel like our Eurovision singers are not being like looked Cared after enough. I know. I mean, I, this was a while ago, but still, yeah, you know, taking us. Wasn't it the guy from Bucks Fizz was told to open a window because he had a headache? Yeah. Like fucking, I don't know. He's got brain who is, injury. Who are these quacks looking after our Eurovision <laughs> hey, open a window, icons? Have an aspirin. <laughs> oh my goodness. Uh, you think? Yeah. Uh, anyway. Uh, so yeah, t- have an aspirin. Go home. Uh, that night, his condition uh, became much worse and he was urgently rushed to a hospital in Milan. Um, after emergency treatment and intensive rehab, Domenico was left uh, partially paralyzed down the left-hand side of his body uh, and wow. suffered from difficulties pronouncing words. Uh, this basically forced him to leave the musical and performing career, sadly. Um, really, Yeah, really, really rough. He did actually um, put the stroke down to uh, a lifetime of smoking. So all you smokers out there, um, take, a, take a lesson from Domenico. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> I mean, do what you want, but... Uh, <laughs> I've literally got a cigarette rolled up. <laughs> you're just like, as, as I was saying that, you were just rolling up. Yeah. Like, oh, don't put it that way. Oh. Uh, <laughs> uh, long uh, before this incident, however, uh, Domenico had shown an interest in politics. He publicly showed support to the progressive campaigns of the Italian Socialist Party, giving them the copyright for one of his songs uh, called The Anniversary during a referendum on the a repeal of the Fortuna Basili law, uh, which a few years earlier had legalized divorce in the Italian legal system. So he, they were basically going, oh, should we still be doing this? And he lent his song to the campaign that was saying, yeah, people should still be able to legally get divorced. Good. Yeah. Okay. He's I got good. a bit confused. No, no, I knew it. Because it was a referendum on a bill that had just be recently been introduced so that it's a bit back and forth but basically yeah. he was on the right side of history good yeah good lad mm. we love uh, a good boy divorce we love divorce <laughs> we want everyone to get divorced it just gives what you what do we stand for divorce <laughs> Le- like forced divorce no not forced divorce uh it rhymes though so uh <laughs> after his uh, stroke he became uh, impressed uh, by the support for the disabled by the radical party uh, which was a liberal social political group he stood 
for the Radical Party, which sounds like a great kind of vibe. Yeah. <laughs> but where are you Happy. going tonight? Radical the Radical Party. party. <laughs> sounds great. Um, he stood for this party in the political elections in 1987, which he was successful with. Good lads. Good for him. Uh, during his time in Parliament, Modugno focused heavily on issues and rights for disabled people and rules for the protection of artists. So oh. he stuck to the two things that he knew quite well, didn't he? That's fine. No, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, he's, he's better than a lot of politicians who go in with no real relation to any real people in the world and just do what's... No, or yeah. any real life experiences. Yeah. He's fine. It's one of the, the, the... Well, it's one of many, many millions of things in life that get me riled up. Um, <laughs> but it's the... Is the um, the Parliament reshuffle, cabinet reshuffle. Oh yeah! Oh god, yeah. That is, I can't remember who said this, but it was a wonderful tweet from a year, a few years ago, from a comedian that said the a cabinet reshuffle is basically all politicians admitting they have no idea what they're doing in their jobs and they don't really care either. Yeah, you're a, <laughs> you're as good running schools as you are running like defence. It's yeah. like no, that's yeah. You don't do that. Like oh, I was a head teacher and now I'm head of the army. Like that's not how it works. That's how it works, guys. <laughs> I'm not suddenly going to take over Roland's job because guess what? Videos would go shit. (laughs) They'd get really bad. Uh, I mean, you know, it's worth it. Try and give it a try. It could be a bit experimental. Who knows? Give it a try. (laughs) It would be, yeah, it would be weird. Yeah. But it's not good. No. Um, So one of um, Modugno's biggest victories and biggest impacts actually he had on the face of Italian infrastructure um, was an investigation that he led into the conditions of the Agrigento Psychiatric Hospital. Basically, uh, this report was looking at the condition of the uh, hospital. The report described patients there as being treated as if they were prisoners in a concentration camp. Uh, the report led to the psychiatric hospital being shut down and huge reforms in the treatment for people with mental health issues across the country. God bless oh. Madonio. He made, as well, his triumphant return to the music scene in a concert that he put on in support for former inmates at the Agrigento Hospital. Apparently, he had his stick with him and he sort of had to lean on it. Um, But he was upstanding and he delivered, like, his biggest sort of hits over the years in, like, his first ever public performance for for those people. Fucking beautiful. Would have been emotional. He spent many, many more years in politics and he also returned to singing on a regular basis, performing around the world. On August 26th, 1993, he held his final show in his hometown in southeast Italy. Uh, this is amazing, actually. It, the three-day event, basically, was directed by... It had, like, the event had a director and it saw Madugno parade along the coast on board a big boat, followed by a whole like parade of smaller boats just oh, like following up. him down the down the coast. You know I love a diva. Oh my god, yeah. It's and ha- like this is great. I imagine it like um, Priscilla Queen of the Desert, him with yes. a massive long like train <laughs> like blowing in the wind behind him, just waving. Yeah. Basically over the three days, seventy thousand people saw him performing. Uh, as they sort of like came down to the coast That's and incredible. like yeah he like went down the coast like shaking hands with children it's like the pope like shaking That's hands iconic. with children yeah i mean he was iconic and the things he did like both in politics yeah. and uh singing like completely you know what you know everyone loved him uh almost exactly a year later uh domenico Modogno awoke in his home on the lampedusa island in the mediterranean it's just off the southeast corner of uh, southwest corner of sicily 
He spent the morning in the sun on the beach helping some World Wildlife Foundation activists rescue a sea turtle and put it back in the ocean. Oh my God, <laughs> what is this man's life? I love it. Um, later that day, in his garden, um, Mojonyo suffered a heart attack oh. and sadly passed away at the age of 66. Oh. A friend later explained that he would have wanted to die in the true south, in the summer sun, near the sea, blue in blue. Oh, and that is the story of Domenico Modugno and his oh, world famous song <laughs> and his work in politics. Oh, Domenico, that was what a nice one, wasn't babe? it? That was yeah. a really lovely one. I'm glad I did one that will make you happy because my next one will oh, not dear. make you happy. <laughs> no, I like this one of no. one of three. Yeah, three yeah, parts. yeah. Great. What a beautiful man, hey? What a good egg. Yeah. There's not much more you can say. We need more good eggs in the world. That's a proper big change he made as well. Like, he obviously, you know, support... And after such a drastic health problem as well. Well, you think, like, someone who's so used to, like, being in the public eye and performing, a lot of people would, like, if something like that happened, would, like, shy away and be like, I don't want people to see me like this. I want them to remember me for who I was. Whereas he went, I'm going to do something else for now and I'm going to make people's lives better yeah and he did and he did and then he fucking sailed down the coast of Italy with oh, like a throng amazing. of boats behind is there video, <laughs> is video footage of that oh I don't know I haven't looked there must be but oh, it, it, it was cool it had a, the tour had a, I know the tour had a name um, and it really was like his last hurrah a year later he, he passed away but oh, like bless him. after saving a sea turtle that, <laughs> like that story was That's like mental. absolutely I'll save a sea turtle I'll go and garden and then and then and then it happens like sad oh. sad obviously but that's the way to go that's that's the way to do it isn't it yeah fucking beautiful so dominico madonio uh thank you for giving us your song and thank you for um giving us your uh good work as well good man well done dominico so we all feel good now don't we yay okay sometime (laughs) so what were we last week got another eight for I your dads did, didn't I you i did get a, i did people liked people liked the uh oh, yeah, Daz, I had lots of, yeah lots of comments about does yeah it was it was our reach wasn't it so i don't sing a sing a song song sing me a song okay i i don't i i there's not much leading to this i'm gonna <laughs> i'm gonna say two things and then i'm gonna play the song well three things because i'll give you the name as well the name of the song mm-hmm. is called the Eurolover. Mm. The Eurolover. Mm. The Eurolover. The Eurolover. I'll tell you two things. Right. I'm very tired. Yes, yeah. And I watched the movie It at the weekend. Oh. Enjoy. When the sun sets on the Atlantic Sea, there's a few hours left, and that is all that we need. When the Romanians romp and the Ukrainians crunk, let's raise our glasses Cheers. and then we'll drink till we're drunk. There's a uniting force spread all over the land. Those of us that are still standing, join us one hand in hand. Then we spin ourselves in circles, and I'm sure that you know it's a dance called the Eurolover, and here's how it goes. Five, six, seven, and we're dancing till dawn. I've had this feeling stuck inside since before I was born. Just stick your hands out far and then we'll stand side by side. And here we go again, ready, cause you're in for a ride. Here we go! Hey, 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 hey,
you do it now it's clear now to see And the next time that you dance you can do it with me This song is not a lesson but you're learning just fine Just remember who's this dancers cause the credits are mine Remember who's this dancers cause the credits are mine Remember who's this dancers cause the credits are mine Remember who's this dancers cause the credits are mine Remember who's this dancers cause this credits are mine I, I, I think I've made a, I think I've made a big mistake. The un, the entirety of that song, Roland basically had his head in his hands. Oh God! Um, so that was a song called "The Euro Over." It's a dance. I don't have the dance moves, but basically, with the bit that everyone's going "Hey, hey, hey, hey" for, there's meant to be a dance. I mean, it was it was horrifying. <laughs> It was like being attacked. (laughs) I really hoped you'd have learnt after Festival Fun Fun. (laughs) I feel like it came back out of me. I feel like it did. That's that's your dark side. I tried to bury. That's the only like Roland. If you know, all you know of us listeners is what you hear over this. But Mm. it's not far off from the truth, which is that I am a miserable sod. No, she's lovely. I'm not. I'm horrible. She's lovely. Um and. Um, have a have a cat, yeah. And Roland is the sweetest angel no. in the world, um, and is basically not mean to anyone ever, no. ever. <laughs> which I've always thought is dubious. Yeah, there must be some yeah, hatred in there somewhere, there. and it's buried deep but- <laughs> down inside your tummy, isn't it, Roland? And it comes out in the form of like me shouting in a song, horrifying clown, like songs. literally like shouting at my iPad in my car at one in the morning. Yeah outside someone's house yeah. i've realized now that like because i used to think like, oh yeah i'll drive around and my car's pretty soundproof and like i can sit in my car and it'll be pretty mute. it's like literally people at 1am are going why is a man shouting outside my house for 20 minutes like, <laughs> like the, the a's hey, hey, just for like oh. like 30 seconds each time like that must be terrifying that? wasn't even in time oh no god no god, very tired aren't so you? tired oh. so very tired I'm, i mean oh. uh okay Ooh, well i mean brutal, brutal. Okay. i mean i mean i'm not expecting an eight again uh, no. <laughs> uh, so we might as well get get it done and over with. Patsy's Pats- gone mad. She's lost interest. She's fed up. She's fed up. Uh, so Isabel, mm. the song, the Eurolover. What? <laughs> uh, uh, what would you give that as a voting <sighs> listener to Eurovision Song Contest? So it's not as it's not quite as. Her- horrifically horrendous um and devastating for my soul as festival fun fun was so it's immediately higher than zero okay well that okay i'm glad at the same time though it's a piece of shit (laughs) so one (laughs) i I mean i wasn't i wasn't expecting (laughs) any any better really so that's a one and that's possibly a sympathy one as yeah, well. Because yeah, I'm tired. No, you're very tired. <laughs> uh, well, I appreciate the sympathy point. Uh, I'll get any point. I'll take any point anyway. I can get it. Well, uh, if, if if anyone listening disagrees with me, or do you, you feel, um, or you agree, or you can do better, or it's not hard to do better than or that. Or you on. can do better. Exactly. This is Roland proving that he is not as good as we all think he is. <laughs> really not. When he's tired. Yeah. So um, make a better song. Send it in. 
euphoria podcast at gmail.com we are still adding to the prize pot so, yes um just to, to cover the biscuit that i put in last week the biscuit incident. that biscuit got eaten anyway i'll be honest <laughs> with you guys i ate that within it was, like it was like minutes. chocolate and walnut yeah, it was dead nice give that i away. stole it from a hotel that's my biscuit <laughs> i ate it to replace that i have Jedward's album. I mean, that's a pretty good replacement for a biscuit. It's amazing. It's got Ghostbusters on it. It's got all the song, all the classics. Yeah, that's a proper Eurovision like. Yeah. Oh yeah, that's a prize good prize. Too. I uh, kind of want to keep it, but I won't. I don't have a CD player. No, who does? But I mean, we're giving it away anyway. Who does, Granddad? <laughs> it's iconic. You just put it on the wall, just like frame the frame the CD. What are you bringing this week, mate? To make up for your shit gift last week that has been replaced, uh, I'm not replacing this one though because uh, we, you can't have gold. You can't have a Jedward album every week. No. Uh, I have <laughs> the winter nights are coming, are drawing in. It's time to warm yourself up. I have a pack of. Um, things that help you mulch in wow <laughs> it's like some dried really? fruit and cinnamon sticks and uh, there's no instructions so you have to work no. it out yourself it's like cardamom pods yeah i'm sure you can berries mull wine with it as well but like you put it in you boil Lovely. it up on a, on a pot and then you either have some mulch in or some mulled wine oh everyone you're gonna have the best time send us in a bloody song yeah. we've had a couple of promises we we're gonna get some we've Better not had them deliver. yet come on we want some um we also will be doing our, I say our standard we've done it once before but we did you know last year we did five months on one a month and a bit off post yeah. Eurovision we're going to be doing the same thing this time around guys yeah. so five months on a month and a little bit off which means we're not going to be over Christmas so I want these bloody songs in before Christmas yep. yeah yeah okay Leave a review on iTunes. Yes, please. We had another one this week from Lovely. someone called Jen Wise One. And Wise, she certainly is. Oh. Uh, of course, <laughs> it's a five-star review. That goes without saying. Uh, uh, Jen Wise said, I listened to this podcast for the first time today and loved it. Uh, I really enjoyed hearing about the Eurovision scandal and sharing Roland and Isabel's enthusiasm, enthusiasm for the joyous madness of the competition. Love it, so Jen. that's all you need to write. Nice, like, Great. three sentences, five stars, done. So give us a review and we'll read you out on the show. Hell yeah. Uh, thank you for listening. And we're going to end the show in the same way we end every show this season. Mm-hmm. With the critical question, mm-hmm. Isabel! Mm-mm-mm. With the UK uh, announcing that uh, they're entering... Eurovision this year mm. uh, the UK has decided that with all of your Isabel experience judging my songs my, you're the only one fit to decide our entry for the year oh I'm so glad people all, have finally realised this all that is good and proper in the world mm. of pop turns their hopeful eyes to you mm. and two hopefuls step forward but who will you choose one a redhead ready to reclaim her throne at the top of Pop Campery with a song as iconic as Look At Me and a performance as outrageous as Bag It Up at the Brit Awards 2000. <laughs> the best live performance of any song at any music awards ever. It's Jerry Halliwell. <laughs> Next to her, a svelte angel-like apparition appears. It's the pale-skinned beauty that is Sophie Alice Bexter who tells you that she has a song oh. as toe-tappy as Murder on the Dance Floor and as summer vibesy as Groove Jet If This Ain't Love. Uh. Who do you choose, Isabel? Who do you choose? Uh. Christ, you've got me in a pickle now. Mm. Oh, I don't know because I love Jerry Halliwell so much, and she's maybe one of my top five favorite people in the world. She's funny as hell. Yeah. Um, but her recent outings into music have not been great, which she- makes me think that she has a um 
slightly dubious team around her. Well, listen, she's promising you, look at me, mixed, mixed with, with bag, it, bag it up. With a bit of Machico so Latino mixed you, in there for, you, the, for the Euro do vibes. Do you trust her, yeah? It's raining men. <sighs> Who are you going to go for? Oh, why am I even doubting? I mean, Halliwell every, every day. It's Halliwell. <laughs> Come on. Well, She's there you great. go, ladies yeah. and gentlemen. Let's bag it up. Ah, <laughs> it's I'm going to watch that. Um, everyone do. If you've never watched it before, no joke, watch Bag It Up live at the Brit Awards 2000. where the legs open and Jerry Halliwell comes out of there and all the men are in pants and they're wearing <laughs> Kangol hats. And it's the most iconic performance ever in the world. Amazing. Watch that. Everyone go home and watch that. Thank you all for listening to us. We will see you again <laughs> next week. Have a good week. Bye. Goodbye. Bye.